0: Victoria takes another COVID break. Late drama at both Hume City and St. Albans Saints. We have a new goal of the season contender. And Branson spray paints his driveway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Match Week 14 episode of The Semi-Pro Body. Gibson, it has been a hot minute for us to talk about NPL football in Victoria. How are you, my friend?
1: I am doing very well, thank you, William Chambers. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, it has been a while, you know, with our latest COVID break, as you said in the intro, mate. Um, just getting in the way of our regular podcasting schedule. How how dare COVID do that? You know, uh, yeah. Pretty of it.
0: I'm pretty used to it now, though. Um, I don't want to completely put my foot in it early and say that. The Sunday before they announced the lockdown, I asked my friend over coffee that I really wouldn't hate another lockdown at the moment. Oh, so man, I man. am solely responsible for all of this shithousery that we've had in the last couple of weeks, but we've not been devoid of football. We did have the Euros in there as well, but we did just have mm. a little bit of a break to Victorian football, which, as we all know, is the only football that cares, or that matters in the world mm. and that we care about. Mm. Um, but Bran, let's jump into it because last episode was... Obnoxiously long, it has to be said.
1: Yes, we've uh, <laughs> we've we've set stopwatches, we've set timers, so we are <laughs> going to be well aware. We're we're shooting for the hour mark, and we'll do our best to stick to it, mate. We
0: will. Uh, let's jump into the kit bag segment. You love it, I love it. You partake in it, I don't anymore. What are you wearing this week, my friend?
1: I'm wearing a good one. I'm wearing a uh, a Blackpool kit, but not just any Blackpool kit. It is their. 2010-2011 home shirt which is the one they wore in the season that they were in the Premier League the good old seasiders mm-hmm. so uh
0: do do remember that season I remember they um they had uh, Charlie Adam taking corners quite nicely and that was always chaos for us but you know yeah quite good
1: yeah I do quite like Blackpool small team that was their one season in the Premier League their kit... Uh it was made by Cabrini, so don't really know much uh much about him or haven't seen much of him since, but uh it's all tangerine, it looks good. Blackpool, of course, won the League One playoff final a couple of weeks ago. Kenny Dugan, Australia's own, scored two goals. First Australian mm. to score a goal at Wembley as well, I believe, as Blackpool won. Scored one goal all season. Scored one goal all season, then scored two in the playoff final, if you don't mind. So uh yeah, got a Blackpool kit on, mate. What about you? What are you wearing? I'm wearing a
0: shirt. It's warm. It is practical and it's nice. Uh, it's I believe it's Uniqlo. Yeah, red yeah, and blue has Got it's a bit a, of a it, Scotland Euros vibe. Uh, I was surely there's a joke in there about Scotland being shit, but I actually play quite well against England. So anyway, we digress. I love it how we're like, let's just go short in this one. Already talking yep. about the Euros. Um, so that's all right, Branson. mate.
1: Yeah,
0: it's a lovely yeah. kit that you've got on, and I just. Ooh, I find it concerning how an avid Fulham fan finds it okay to wear other English clubs' jerseys, but sure, whatever. Can't wait to see you in a Chelsea kit next week, you bloody Where turncoat.
1: Really? Nah. What I, if I don't I, think I have another, again, before we diverge too far, I don't think I have another Premier League teams kit. It's only small. You
0: literally just told to an anecdote about it was the kit that they wore in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, but they're not in the Premier League now. Four so four not weeks even going to kick weeks weeks ago, It not apart. Anyway, anyway, mate, I'm, we're here to talk about the NPL. Mate, it's been too long. It's back. I'm excited. Let's do it.
0: I'm excited and I am going to start with the only thing. We could just do an entire episode on it. We don't even need to cover the other games because all we need to talk about is the goal of the season. And my God, was it a goal. Bran, bicycle kick goal to give Port Melbourne a 1-0 win over South Melbourne. What did you think?
1: Mate, it was an absolutely stunning finish. The Tour de France isn't meant to start until uh, June 26, but uh, Duggan said, screw that, mate. I'm hopping on my bike a week early with that fantastic bicycle kick finish. I was
0: so wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> That's quite good by you.
1: I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of that. But anyway, as you said, mate, he hit that flush. It wasn't just sort of like it didn't trickle over the line. It didn't just. It wasn't just lucky. It wasn't to like go a blob.
0: It no. didn't like loop over. Like it was hit with venom. It was really, really good. Incredible. Great goal.
1: finish. Great finish. Like you just see the ball going there. and Go. Oh yeah. Who's going to? Uh, who's going to go up and win it? And uh, he scissor kicks it. Fantastic.
0: Yep. Really, really big fan of that. Look, turning back to the rest of the game. Um, look, South Melbourne actually started pretty well. They missed a 1v1 on a one, v one goal opportunity early on. Um, Duggan, he had an absolute ripper game for Port. He was everywhere. He was really positive, just loved running at the defence, using his pace. Uh, he did hit the crossbar in the first half. So, you know, you could have argued that Port were probably unlucky there not to go... Go ahead. But um, look, it was a really exciting game. And I think Port created probably the best chances in it. Uh, that positivity that they had in their play really did shine through in some of the chances that they created. Um, but it was a worldie that got them the three points. Um, that's three wins on the bounce for Port Melbourne. Best form, I think I've seen them in in quite some time. Um And look, I think they're starting to put together some good performances. We always lament their inconsistency. So three wins on the trot. That is absolutely outstanding. South Melbourne, on the other hand, great start to the season. But that is now only one point from their last four games, which I'm starting to think is warrants being called a slump. Bran, thoughts?
1: I think they're definitely in a slump. Uh, Three losses out of their last four, as you just said, man uh it's not good at all um I think one thing though as well is just how condensed that top six is like South Melbourne have now dropped to six they're now on the fringe of being in the finals so it's unlucky they're going to need to to turn it around there's a lot of good teams starting to rise up if they want to stay in that top six they're going to need to find uh, a way to to fix this slump I think you can call it that
0: Yeah, absolutely. And look, it's obviously at a nice point of the season to have a slump. You'd probably rather have it now than at finals time. But, you know, they've got to sort of rectify that. And hopefully when we get some crowds back, maybe that lifts them up a bit. But Bran, there was a thrilling game between Oakley and Altona. Talk me through this one, mate.
1: Yeah, it was an absolute bloody ripper, mate. I thought this was just going to be a whitewash Oakley Cannons uh, easy victory, but it was not. It was more than that. It was uh, exciting right up until the end uh i expected a cruisy oakley winner in this one to be honest i did our tips this week i thought they were just going to cruise to victory uh 30 minutes in matt fertile gave the cannons the lead you know when that happened i'm like yep here we go four 0 three 0 incoming but no no will three minutes later nick Sete equalized for our turner after a superb individual effort it was a lovely run into the box fancy footwork delightful chipping finish over the keeper as well into the top corner absolutely superb brought the magic level one all at the break from there though i still thought the cannons would uh steamroll altona in the second half Right on script matt Fertel restored oakley's lead in the 60th minute tapped home from a corner he was wide open at the back post Again, I'm like, yep, here we go, Oakley all the way. But no, again, 10 minutes later, the Magic were level once again. It was John McShane who brought Altona level this time. Uh, from there, it's 2 all, mate. It looked like the points would be shared. You know, missed opportunity for Oakley. There was uh, 20 minutes to play when Altona equalized. The Cannons had some good chances, but it didn't look like they were going to score. But no, Joe Knowles stepped up big man Joe with seconds remaining curled in a beautiful goal from outside the box curled into the top bins to rescue three points for Oakley fantastic finish uh just two steps no worries I'll curl that in I'll win the game no worries runs over to the uh to the bench to celebrate and uh, Bob's your uncle and Oakley are the winner so great performance uh, sorry Great result for Oakley. I thought it was a better performance from Altona. I was actually quite impressed by the Magic. Really, we have not been able to say that about them much this season. They more than held their own. They genuinely look competitive. They actually had more shots than the Cannons in this one. I know sometimes that's a misleading stat. That Altona, you know, they have they won a game? I can't remember. It's been too long. um Maybe one. Anyway, they've not they've not looked good very often. But this was a good performance from them. Uh, For Oakley, though, three points they needed. They've got a tricky schedule with the FFA Cup coming up, so get the three points, move on. Uh, They'd be happy they didn't uh, slip up here, mate. What did you think?
0: Yeah, look, I probably looked at this exactly the same. I just thought three points, but Altona made it interesting. Having a look at the highlights, um, I think the term that you used, competitive there, was very accurate. It was the first time we had seen Altona really look competitive this season. Um, and against a side that is underachieving, there's, let's not mince our words, uh, Oakley should probably be higher than they currently are on the table. They should be getting more points from games this season, but thoroughly entertaining game. The winner was an excellent goal, though. Beautiful goal. Always mm. love to see games decided by either beautiful goals or shocking own goals. Um, <laughs> we did have some shocking own goals late on in another game, but Bran, you were actually at a game this weekend. Yeah. You were one of the few. You went to Avondale versus Dandy City. Now, Dandy City sacked Big Sasha Ognanovsky just as lockdown mm-hmm. was announced. It's a bad week to be William Chambers, was very upset by that news. <laughs> lockdown announced, Big Sasha out. The new manager came in. How did Dandy City go?
1: Look, they lost 3-0, but it's a bit of a misleading scoreline in this one. You know, top versus bottom, it was always going to be a tough ask for Dandy City. Things got even tougher 17 minutes in when goalkeeper Yasmin Karanovic was sent off. Uh, he made a good save, actually, to do... So, uh, ...intentional gamble, so... Uh Off you go. Referee, no hesitation, showed him the straight red. Uh, Despite that, though, and with their backup goalkeeper on, City were resilient at the back. It was tough for Avondale to break him down. Eventually, though, Avondale did get the lead just before halftime, although, mate, it was in very lucky circumstances. It was Brandon Lundy for Avondale who took a free kick, crossed the ball towards the back post, but uh, the cross turned into a shot and went straight in uh so not convinced that was intentional unlucky for dna city what did you think did you intentional or unintentional surely a cross.
0: oh yeah but i've just watched so many of them over the years that like i just now kind of like the audacity of a a cross that turns into a goal that i don't even care anymore i'm just like look if you didn't mean it if you did mean it doesn't doesn't change the outcome
1: well, you know, when you take a free kick like that and you cross it in, they say, put it in a good area. There's no better area than the back of the net. So Yeah, right. <laughs> so, well done it's there. Real
0: route uh, one area shit yeah. there. Uh,
1: so, it was 1-0 at the break. Danny City down to 10 players. Things got worse for City, though, in the second half. They went down to nine players uh, not long after the break. Captain Stefan T- uh, Topolovic. Uh, to Topalovich. Topalovich. Topalovich, That's it There we go Third time for the charm Uh He was sent off In bizarre circumstances He was shown a second yellow Despite actually winning the initial free kick So not too sure exactly So he got fouled Must have done something after Anyway he got sent off After that Joey Katabian and Liam Bolin Added two more goals for Avondale Easy three points in the end for Avondale Thought Dandy City actually defended really well first goal was a bit of a fluke last two came with nine men so again they lost 3-0 but for the most part I thought they they still held their own uh that doesn't really help them though they're still on the bottom of the ladder uh and for Avondale uh similar to Oakley yep you win you beat Dandy City at home you you move on you advance
0: yeah look it's one of those ones we're talking about Dandy City at the bottom of the ladder I would think back to the other seasons that we've sort of watched and it sort of comes to mind for me like Kingston City were really bad and they Mm. just kind of looked like relegation fodder and uh, at the moment Dandy City look worse than that, I think. So it's a little bit upsetting for them, but who knows? It would be a great escape from here. And look, thankfully there are some other teams sort of nestled in the bottom of the table that they could maybe pull themselves out of it, but like each game week goes by and they don't, running out of time.
1: Yeah, like there were positive signs for Dandy City, but exactly, they're running out of time. They're, those positive signs have to turn into positive results. And we yeah, there's not that long left in the season What's, for that to happen, but... Can can we maybe do some research one time? Because,
0: you know, letting <laughs> the cat out of the bag, we don't actually research much for this show. Um, Like, what is a safe number of points of the last 10 sort of NPL yeah. seasons? Because it would be interesting Why? to know, because if you look at how many game weeks to go and points... Mm-hmm per game week that they need to get it would be I just think it's even now getting away from them.
1: Great show, I'll have that ready for next week. But one thing we have ready for this week, mate, is the uh, report on the Hume City Melbourne Knights game, which you have I tell me. loved
0: about it. this game was so much fun to watch because it was decided by an absolutely shocking own goal, which like I said before, we either want bicycle kicks Late, late goals or late, late own goals. And this was late, late own goals. Yum. Um, Look, Knights won 3-2, but it was not a dramatic winner. It was an absolutely shanked own goal from about six yards out. Can't remember who scored it for Hume, but comedy. I actually thought Knights were excellent in the first half. They started really well. They took a 2-0 lead. Uh, Albano would score and then Zafarides would score as well, sort of 2-0 lead at half time, but then the other side of the second half it was all Hume man, Bingham Dixon scored, that was I think within about 6 minutes both of those goals came and Hume were finishing the much stronger side, they just couldn't put away some of their late chances Um, did sort of change a little bit with about 10 minutes to go Uh, McGuigan McGuigan McGuigan? Yeah, McGuigan. Let's go with McGuigan. Uh Was sent off. That put Hume down to 10 men. Uh, but it wasn't that that shot them in the foot. It was a ripper own goal. Ball goes in, you go to clear it, but you kind of defensively, you're not positioning your body well, so you're facing the goal. And if you get any contact on it, it's just going into the back of the net, which it did. Great finish. Don't get me wrong. Just the wrong goal. And... It did cost Hume City what would have been a good point to get. Um, Probably a fair point because I think they dominated the second half. Uh, But, yeah, look, that win for Knights stops them from losing three in a row. So it is a very fortuitous three points for Knights. Um, But, yeah, comedic own goal at the end. Bran, thoughts?
1: Very unfortunate own goal to concede as well. You know, the classic just go to try to clear it and accidentally shank it. Again, I totally agree. I thought Hume deserved a point. I thought the way they rebounded in the second half was great. Bingham's been fantastic this season. I think that goal was his 10th for the mm-hmm. season, which is the equal most in the league as well. So uh, for the Knights, they'll take it. As you said, sort of uh, brings to an end a mini skid, so they won't be complaining. But uh, yeah, good good performance by both teams. So good signs. So uh, the Knights got lucky... In the end, on the night with that with that own goal, but uh, they'll be happy to come away with all three points, mate.
0: Yeah, definitely helps them on the table. Um, Bran, one game that probably could help both teams on the table: Dandy Thunder versus Eastern Lions. Talk to me about this one, mate.
1: Yeah, well, the Thunder have been one of the most exciting teams to watch this season, even if they aren't too high up on the NPL table. They lived up to that reputation again on their way to a 2-1 victory over the Eastern Lions. Thomas Maricic uh, headed Dandenong into the lead 10 minutes in. Jamal Ali made it 2-0 for the Thunder right on halftime as well. He had a lovely outside of the foot shot that found the bottom corner, which was very, very nice. A very deserved lead for the Thunder as well. They were by far the better team in the first half, I thought. Uh, It was rather disappointing for the Eastern Lions. They only managed two shots for the first half, neither of which were on target. They did look a bit better in the second half. They generated some more forward momentum. Uh, But overall, they were still pretty toothless. They struggled to create genuine goal-scoring opportunities, I thought. At the other end, uh, Bernardo came close to adding his 11th goal of the year, but his strike from range hit the crossbar. Eastern lines did eventually find a light goal, though. It was uh, Dennis DeLurie. His shot was too much for the goalkeeper to handle and trickle over the line. Uh, gave the Lions a sniff, but uh, that goal came in the 93rd minute, so really it was uh, too little, too late, and the Thunder going to to claim the win, a good win for them. It does keep them somewhat in the hunt for finals. Uh, They're not on the cusp of the top six, but they are... You know, not too far back and at the same time as well extends the gap over the relegation zone. It really looks like they are going to avoid that battle. Uh, the Eastern Lions, though, not a great night for them. They'll have to play better than that if they want to avoid the drop. They are still sitting, you know, a little bit above that area, but uh, it wasn't a performance to remember for them, mate. What do you think of the Thunder?
0: Um, Yeah, look, I think obviously Thunder are exceeding expectations Um, for mine. But I think what that win is most important at doing is just starting to open up a gap from 11th down. So Green Gully will get to their game next. But you've got Eastern Lions on 12 points in 11th place and four teams or three other teams below them. And there's just kind of a gap opening up between sort of 11th and 10th. So they could find themselves kind of stuck in that relegation scrap where the best case scenario for them is just just avoiding relegation and and not sort of pushing for any hope for mid-table. So, yeah, an interesting part of the table there that I think that 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 sort of game more sort of – game itself probably not super interesting for mine, but the implication on the table, particularly in the relegation zone – it was pretty good. And look, one of those teams that we just spoke about then, Green Gully, they were beaten 1-0 by Heidelberg. Uh, look, this one was a fair result. Uh Heidelberg started the strongest. Uh, they had the best chances early on. Owen Ashton uh, scored midway through the second half for the only goal in the game. Uh It was probably devoid of real clear-cut chances, but they definitely had the better share of possession and were putting more dangerous balls into the area than Green Gully. Uh And look... Straight up, it's a good three points to get. It sees them sitting in third on 26 points, all of the top four won this week. So that would have been uh, an annoying one if they hadn't got that that lone goal. But Green Gully, on the other hand, no wins in their last three games, looking like a bit of a slump forming and more importantly, down at the wrong end of the table. There are some teams hitting a slump that are in higher positions. Uh, They're sitting in 10th on 16 points, so they could very easily lose chase of finals if they don't start to turn around some good performances. Um, I'll quickly blitz through the last one, Brand, mate. St. Albans Saints, one goal, beaten by Bentley Green's three. Do not misread this fixture, though, because you can read this as Bentley Green's being goals ahead for quite some time. An absolute capitulation by St. Albans. In the 92nd minute, they were on for a point here. It was 1-1. But they would concede two brilliant goals from super subs, Chadir Tharaja uh, and Thierry Irikakunda, I believe it is. Yeah, great. Um, And he also was assisted by the second goal scorer as well. So the super subs absolutely pulling it out of the bag for Bentley Greens. Uh, First half was comfortable for Bentley. Braden Crowley uh, in the opening minutes put them ahead and that sort of felt quite on brand uh, but a better start of the second by St Albans they would get a goal back in the 74th minute and it just looked like this game was going to be a draw but those super subs came on absolutely insane impact the goals are beautiful they're brilliant they come after injury time it's everything we like about the NPL absolutely great win for Bentley that keeps them in second place St Albans definitely unlucky not to get a point but they only really have themselves to blame. If you're going to ship two goals in injury time or extra time, then you really kind of have to look at yourself and go, did we deserve anything out of that? But for 92 minutes, they were great.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the game went a little bit longer than 92. Uh, Tharajia as well for for Bentley, he has been very exciting. He's made a number of appearances as a sub yeah, full of energy as well really fancy footwork we saw that on display uh when he scored and uh for his assist as well so he looks like he's going to be a very very good player for Bentley as well if he can uh, stay with him and and carry on to uh make an impact but mate that brings us not not to an end of the first uh segment here but uh we can recap our tipping performance because we have gone through all the results. are made. I can reveal that we tipped five, five correct tips this week.
0: That's probably uh, one of our better rounds.
1: It is uh, five out of seven is pretty good. Uh, good week for the favourites, really. I think. Uh, who did we miss? We tipped a draw between Knights and Hume. And... Probably
0: got Port Melbourne wrong. I feel.
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We tipped South. So, um, but yeah, we tipped five. Carla, my mum, also tipped five. So she didn't have. We're a in good tipped- company. We're in good company. She didn't She didn't have performance this week. Very quickly as well, though, before we jump into the ladder, uh, we talked about how there was wins for the top four. I think all of them were a little bit rusty. I think for all of the top four, you could say the performance was just a, do you know what? We got three points. We can move on. You know, Avondale beating Dandy City with nine men. Uh, Bentley, two late goals to beat St. Albans. Holderberg 1-0 over Gully. And then the Cannons needing a 93rd minute winner to get over Altona. I think all of those top four teams will go, yeah, look, we're just happy to get three points from that one. I don't think any of them were mighty impressive, mate. What did you think about that?
0: Um, oh, look, I don't know. They weren't mighty it's impressive, but it's good, getting good points. to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And where I was actually, I realised now that it was actually the top five teams that all won, so not too much changing around the top of the table there, but look, they're all just keeping in touch with each other, which I think is just the pointier end of the season as we get to it is going to be really, really interesting.
1: Absolutely, mate. Well, let's, uh, let's dive into the latter, because I've actually been able to do some live research on this podcast, so I'll uh, tell you a little bit about that in a moment, but... If we have a look at the top, we have Avondale leading the way on 29 points. In second place sit the Bentley Greens, two points behind on 27. Just behind them are Heidelberg United in third on 26 points. In fourth and fifth, we have the Oakley Cannons and the Melbourne Knights, both on 24 points. South Melbourne, uh, former league leaders not too long ago, they sit sixth on 23 points to round out the, uh, the finals positions on the cusp of that. We have Port Melbourne in seventh on 22 points in eighth Hume city on 21. Dandenong Thunder move up into ninth on 18 points. Green Gully 10th on 16. Eastern lines are 11th on 12 points. St. Albans are 12th on 10 points. Then the bottom two, we have Altona magic and Dandenong city. Both on seven points. Altona Magic are still yet to win a game. Mate, as you mentioned before, we're talking about um, ladder positions and how many points you need to avoid relegation. So I've been able to bring up some previous ladders here. And the... What the... Uh, Thunder had in 2019, they were a point above Kingston. But if you get 24-ish points, uh, that seems to be safe. So, yeah, Dandy City uh, and Alcona are quite finished, far off that. Yeah, a lot of teams who have finished in 12th have been uh, you know, 24, 26, 21. Some of the teams obviously below that have have been significantly below 24. But if you don't get 24 points, it's, it's tough to survive. And as you said, yeah, both those teams... Altona Magic and Dandenong City currently sitting on seven points. Six wins is also roughly the benchmark you need to get to to get to twenty four points. And between mm-hmm. them, Dandy City have won one game and Altona zero. So yeah. So if we look at that kind of cutoff point, like Eastern Lions at
0: the midway point of the season on twelve points, yep. they're touch and yep. go. But yep. I think the thing that's saving them at the moment is just how far behind Altona and Dandy City look at the
1: moment. Yeah. Definitely definitely. It'll be interesting to see how the second half of the season
0: plays out mate Intriguing indeed. now, Brand, let's turn our attention to the NPLW because we have some very interesting score lines in this now, blowout score lines are not too uncommon, but South Melbourne, they got into double digits against Bayside brand. Mm. that's ridiculous. Talk us through it.
1: Yeah, it, it is ridiculous. It was uh top versus bottom, so it was always gonna be tricky for Bayside United. United South Melbourne have uh Cormac as well playing for him. Uh what a crushing, you know, uh, we could use all of them. It was uh, it was ten nil. Uh, uh, to send Sam- South Melbourne, a 10th goal, had one. And Caitlin Pickett was the other goal scorer. She had one goal as well. Uh, Emphatic from South Melbourne. They looked very, very good. It was clinical, but it was always going to be a mismatch. Bayside yet to win a game coming up against, you know, South who are exceptionally talented. Not unsurprising, but, you know, unfortunate, of course, for, for Bayside going up against some very, very good yeah, players. Absolutely. And a very, very good
0: team. Yeah, definitely. And look, South Melbourne are definitely setting the pace this season. We have been very accustomed to seeing Calder United set the pace, but upset win for Heidelberg this weekend. 1-0 victors over Calder. Three points to Heidelberg. Uh, it was a Bonnie Davies uh, worldie, but... To be honest with you, Calder dominated the first half and they just failed to capitalise. I think even the last sort of minutes of the game, they had a shot that hit the crossbar. Calder were not bad, but, you know, they just probably failed to put away their chances and Heidelberg, one goal to good was all they needed to get full three points against Calder United. So that's a very impressive result for them. Brand, our favourites, the Triangles. Going up against FV Emerging, what was the result there, my friend?
1: Well, mate, I can tell you, Box Hill United, the triangles were undone by a trifecta of goals. FV Very Emerging. Good. Thank you, mate. FV Emerging won 3-0 in this one. It was a big first half that carried them to victory. Caitlin Carriage headed FV Emerging into the lead after just four minutes. Uh, a little bit later, a sweet through ball put Jessica Young in on goal and she ended Emerging's uh, second goal 18 minutes in. Neat finish past the keeper there. Carriage had her second and Emerging's third on the 25th minute mark as well. There were no goals in the second half to talk about, but it was another strong performance from Emerging. They really have been the uh, the, the surprise package this season. Uh, We've seen them sort of stumble a little bit before the break. You know, they sort of, uh, not regressed, but uh, had a couple of uh, reality checks with a couple of losses, but they've been able to bounce back really well. Uh, and, mate, let's uh, let's jump into the table. Tell me where they sit, mate. Where, where are we looking?
0: Oh, we're not quite done yet, mate. I'm just going to let you know oh, there is bullying versus mind. Alamein on tonight. And of course. And I feel like it was about maybe two years ago to the day, Branson, that we went to... A Monday night bullying game that was freezing cold. Oh. And tonight is quite chilly. So I'm just, I don't know, man. I'm feeling like a, a Monday night bullying game seems to just always be the the kind of the yardstick for that winter has arrived. And I, I think that's this week's fixture. So tonight is Bulleen versus Alamein. We'll give score updates next week on that one. Um, but that's always a, a good sort of Monday night fixture in the NPLW. Um, but Bran... Now I give you full reign to jump into the table. Talk us through it.
1: My apologies. So I did I did uh, pull the trigger a little bit earlier on that one. Yeah, to jump it's as gun. if
0: we don't have a run sheet, Branson, that I tells d- us what's up next.
1: <laughs> I do apologise. I glossed straight over it. Too excited to get into the table. But if we take a look at it, South Melbourne are on top of the league after eight matches played. They are on 20 points with, uh, sorry, 21 points with seven wins and one draw. FV Emerging are in second. They are on 18 points. Calder United are in third, 15 points. Uh, That loss, they're really hurting them. They drop behind Emerging. Balleen sit fourth on 15 points. However, they do uh, have that game in hand because they're playing tonight. Heidelberger in fifth on 10 points. Alamein in sixth, also on 10. Again, they're playing Boleyn tonight. Uh, Box Hill, United, the Mighty Triangles, they sit in seventh on three points. And Bayside United, unfortunately, still yet without a win, uh, they are on the bottom zero points uh, so far for them this season, mate.
0: Yeah, no, look, and that table is always sometimes hard to read because of the Monday night fixtures, but we're kind of sitting pretty at around about eight or seven games each team. So we're we're starting to see the table. Look, South Melbourne, really impressive, continuing that form. Um, interesting slip-ups by Calder in the last couple of weeks and just got to see how that season pans out. But South Melbourne at the moment look like the team very much to beat and if you can't beat them, you just got to try and chase them. Um, but Bran, we get to turn our attention because we have cut football this week. Not only are we back for the MPL fixtures this weekend, we're back with the FFA Cup. Bran, we've got some games on Tuesday and Wednesday night. What have we got?
1: Well, the first game on Tuesday night that we're going to talk about is the last remaining round five game. It is the Oakley Cannons taking on Preston Lions. That one was initially delayed. Uh, I think by security concerns and yeah. then it was delayed again by the, um, an outbreak linked uh, to Preston, yeah. Preston's home field. And then it was delayed again by the lockdown. So they are playing this week. Uh, that is the last round five game. We do have a bunch of round six games. Uh, that are also on the Tuesday and the Wednesday night. We have Port Melbourne taking on Sydenham Park. Dandenong City will face off against Pascoe Vale. And North Geelong Warriors will face Avondale. Those three games are on Tuesday night, as well as the Oakley-Preston game. On Wednesday night, we have South Melbourne taking on the Beasts from the East, the Eastern Lions. Maul Zebras will face off against Lang Warren. Mombolk Rangers will play Clifton Hill as well. And then waiting in the wings, are Green Gully, they will face the eventual winner of the Oakley-Cannons-Preston game. Don't know when that one will be played yet. Uh, they're just hanging around waiting for that other game to be played, mate.
0: Yeah, and look, I think there's some absolutely ripper fixtures in there, Bran, think mm-hmm. about what your pick is. But for mine, I can't help but wonder if Dandenong City versus Pasco Vale Is just a way for Dandy City to maybe turn their season around. Maybe they're going to get relegated. Maybe they're going to struggle this season. But maybe they can go deep in the cup. I'm wondering if that's the case. And that would be absolutely outstanding if they could. Because, yeah, I think cup finals or cup football at Dandy City would be an absolutely great thing. Brand, what's your pick out of those fixtures?
1: one that I'm probably most looking forward to actually is FC Clifton Hill taking on the Mumbulk Rangers. I believe they are both uh, state league teams so to see them uh, one of them advance and get into round seven will be big because round seven, uh, winner after round seven, sorry, you go into the national stages, so we're going to have one state league team that is one win away from the national stages, so that is very exciting for them as well. So I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to seeing that one, mate.
0: Very exciting indeed. Now, Bran, I've just realised we don't even need to have a half time for this one because oh, we're good to go. What's going on? Yeah, we just don't That's even fair. need to. Like we've got this. So, Bran, this is all of the fixtures done. We've gone through the MPL, gone through the MPLW, gone through the FFA Cup. Now we get to turn our attention to some of the things in football that are a little bit sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. No. Oh. Bran, let's start with the sometimes maybe shit. I'm going to kick it off first and foremost with the man who did create that saying, Gennaro Gattuso being sacked from Fiorentina manager 23 days into his tenure. Very semi-professional.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Didn't get to manage a game. Uh, what, he was sacked. What was it? T- I don't ring? Actually, I
0: don't know if he was sacked. I think it was a mutual termination or whatever, but, like, let's be honest, in the world of managerial, you know, contracts, you probably sagged.
1: Yeah, well, I think I I read it was a disagreement over the club's, like, transfer philosophy. So it it does genuinely sound like it's mutual where he's like, look, you know, if you're not going to give me the money or if we're not going to bring in the players I want, I don't want the job. Like, I'm not going to be set up. But anyway, so, but what was it, 24 days? That's a pretty short pretty short stint you know it doesn't yeah it's not great yeah kind of hilarious no good no yeah. undefeated didn't lose
0: didn't yeah. lose for a few big, tenure. great tenure um brand what have you got
1: well i'm uh, a big fan well sorry oh, sorry we're in that so semi-professional so i almost dived straight into what we like again i'm just looking at this run sheet going you know what i'm gonna
0: write your own Fly by the seat of your pants my friend just do whatever you want
1: just quickly nominate myself there for just ignoring the run sheet all uh, right so, uh, get so away with with me. well well this is this is a tricky one because uh this is the sometimes maybe good part of the that's so semi-professional but we have to get through this before we get to the semi-professional nature of it so bear with me so I flew up mate on'm uh, the Melbourne City fan of course flew up for the MacArthur game uh, the semifinal that was relocated to Sydney so that was pretty groovy that was really cool um managed to avoid the orange zones and having to quarantine Melbourne city one which was great uh was in the city away area which is always risky when there's not many people because if we lost there's a high chance of a sad brand photo being captured
0: my uh, favorite type of like sports photography is sad <laughs> brand
1: yeah so fortunately for me I guess it was just happy brand this time but I knew you'd be watching ready to to snap a Uh, a couple of banners. Uh, there was a couple of photos of them going around on the Melbourne City social media one. Uh, the first one was uh, what was it? Moving our final is total bull, which I thought was quite good, quite punny. Yeah, playing the car from the balls.
0: Hey, Brian. Yeah. That segues really nicely into my that's so semi-professional.
1: Yeah, because I uh, I spray painted that sh- that uh, that that sign on on a bed sheet.
0: I did, yeah, and I, and I it up to the didn't know that you'd done that, and I thought in the back of my head, I'm like, someone's ruined a bed sheet for that. Well done. It's not the only thing you've ruined, though, is it, mate?
1: Not quite, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just tell us.
1: So as I so I spray-painted, bought, bought a can of spray-paint, spray spray-painted the bed sheet, did it on the driver. I'm like, yep, great, cool, because it's all laid out. I'm not going to do this inside the house. That'd be ridiculous. Uh, Spray painted it on the sheet um, and it went through.
0: (laughs) So So now on your driveway, you can faintly see the words moving. The final is total bull. Great.
1: Uh, Yes, uh, I did manage to give it a little bit of a wash and a little bit of a scrub. So it's now not quite so obvious that it's words and letters uh but yeah it did end up on the driveway i moved the sheet and went do you know what that's um that's not ideal so it also ended up on the telly so
0: it's kind of worth it in my opinion
1: that's it it. what a I mean what a trade-off you know it was worth it mate
0: yeah anything else on your that so semi-professional mate
1: i do have one one that again borders on semi-professional and uh what we like uh north macedonia or macedonia Uh, are, of course, playing in the Euros for the first time, their first ever major tournament, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, There was a great shot of a very passionate North Macedonia fan at the Ukraine game. Uh, They cut to fans in the stand. He's there. He's got his drum. He's got his hat on. He's got his North Macedonia jersey. He's banging away on his drum, right? You go, great, fantastic. But his drum is broken, so, like, he's been drumming away all game. He's been drumming so hard, he's actually broken the drum skin. But he's going, well, that's no excuse. I can't just stand here holding my stick. I'm going to continue drumming as if my drum was intact. So, they cut to him. The drum skin, you can clearly see that it's been shattered by his enthusiastic banging. Um, and he's just still going. He's going, do you know what? I'm not going to let that stop me. No noise, no worries. Um so, I, I, yeah, again, I can't tell if that's very semi-professional or very professional for persevere, persevere yeah. in uh, yeah. difficult circumstances, but it's great. And not, and not
0: blaming the tools, you know, like not blaming your tools no. and saying that, you know, no. oh, this drum's broken, I'm going home. It's going, fuck it, this drum's broken, I'm just going to keep going.
1: That's it. I've, I've got one job and uh, I'm going to do it. So, yeah. I, yeah, hard to tell what category that fit in, but I, I loved it and it was semi-professional. It's great. Yeah.
0: We'll talk about some more of the Euro stuff later. One thing that I thought was very semi-professional, it comes from UEFA, their inability to deal with racism in Hmm. any way, shape, or form that is somewhat, uh, you know, alludes to them having any sort of a backbone. It was Arnautovic's goal celebration. And obviously he's done the sort of like fucking okay symbol white supremacist thing and then is apparently shouting fuck your Albanian mothers or something else, similarly toxic. And the bit that really got me was people are, oh, you know, like innocent until proven guilty. And you look at his captain, Alaba, grabbing his face, looking at him with disgust, and you're like, if your national team captain is trying to shut you up and is looking at you with that much disdain, you're saying something pretty toxic. And UEFA gave him a one-match ban. So in their mind, like a two-footed challenge is worse than, like, you know, racism or whatever category you want to put that vile commentary into.
1: Yeah, and another thing as well with you over sort of dropping the ball on that, they're investigating, who is a German goalkeeper, Manuel Neuer, uh, because his captain's armband is rainbowed. Rainbow coloured, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like it's got the rainbow flag, and so they're investigating him, potentially going to fine him. Apparently, they want to light the Munich Stadium up on the outside, it's it's got lights. They want to paint, uh, sorry, light it up in the rainbow flag yeah. as well. Uh, UEFA are kicking up a stink about that. They're not happy about the captain's ar- captain's armband in particular. However, uh, they came out today that they're investigating the Hungarian fans uh, and the Hungarian ultras for an incident. They're not saying what, uh, but it's allegedly yeah. racist or discriminatory or whatever it is. So they're more worked up about an armband than they are about actual fans and an actual game. So uh, I did read something about the armband
0: apparently they've now allowed it because they said that whilst it's it's a political thing it's a positive Mm. one and I'm like why? Mm. Fuck like you probably could have done that without having to put out a press release and putting out a bloody you know investigation into it. It's not rocket science but anyway so that was a bit semi-professional look it's an ongoing one with UEFA and most football governing bodies dealing with racism and equality, and it's just a bit shameful to see them putting all these ads and banners up but not backing it up with actual action mm. but that's a sad note let's jump back into the nice stuff that we liked brand oh, yeah. we've just got a couple of both ones that we want to get through let's kick it off because this is a semi-professional podcast on semi-professional football with Duggan's bicycle kick goal mm. I think it's goal of the season it's going to be hard to beat it was great I loved every bit of it can't yep. speak highly enough
1: yep I totally agree. I, I'm not this is what we review show because it will spark an interesting discussion for goal of the season. Like, because uh, I think it was Stefan Valentini scored a banger from like 35 yards out, where it's just you know it's it's hit and it's a rocket and it flies. And the camera the angle was in, nice so as well for ha- it. Like ha- having them side by side, like the bicycle kick. Don't get me wrong, is absolutely fantastic. I think it edges Valentini's, but like you know they're too sort of similar but different footballing feats. So it'll be really Mm -hmm. interesting to compare. Hopefully we've got a couple more bangers to to compare them as well. But yeah, mate, you're absolutely right. We both loved that goal. Another thing that we both loved was seeing Ange Postacoglu announced as the new manager of Celtic. That is massive. That's absolutely huge. I can't believe it. Like when I first saw it on Twitter, I thought it was like, oh yeah, you know, like uh, just a classic rumor or whatever. Mm. uh someone on soccer twitter's got a bit over ambitious but it turned out to be true and it ended up coming to fruition and it's super exciting i really really genuinely hope he does well the scottish premier league's tough because i mean for celtic you got to win the title and you know rangers mm. are good as well so it's they they can't really afford to lose any games you lose any games as a Celtic or a Rangers manager and your job's in question all of a sudden. So it it, it could be tough, but if they can stick by him, you know, hopefully he's got a chance to build. But, mate, I'm excited. What about you?
0: Yeah, look, I'm on the fence with it because when it first came out, the the biggest problem I have with it is the framing that gets put around by, like, football.com.au and Fox Sports where they're just looking for fucking clickbait headlines and they're like... Uh, Ange Postacoglu goes to major European club. And I'm just sorry to break it to you, but the SPL is not what it was 10 to 15 years ago. It is no longer a major European competition. Celtic or Rangers or whoever gets that Champions League spot has not gone deep in it for quite some time. So I just think the framing of it's wrong. Look, I fell in love with Celtic way back in around about 2007, 2008 through to about 2011 when they had like Shinsuke Nakamura and Gordon Strachan was the manager and Scott McDonald was playing there. And they've always had a little bit of a penchant for, for Aussies. And I think having an Aussie manager there is going to suit them down to a T. I can't wait for the narrative, which will be, and it happens everywhere that Ange goes, results don't go well at the start mm. until they fully buy into his ethos. And then all of a sudden they are so exciting to watch. They're getting results for being exciting and they just win and it becomes a habit for them and then everyone loves him. So I kind of can't wait for people to hate Anja and then just like us to sit back and be like, in, in a year and a half, you're going to love this guy.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's the problem with the Scottish Premier League as well. It's like it's not a league where your first season you can just sort of slide into the mid-table if you're Celtic. Uh, if you finish second, the season's a failure. So, yeah, there's going yeah. to be a lot of pressure on him from the get-go, but hopefully he can do well. Uh, managers coming out of the J-League, going to the UK, have done all right before. Arsene Wegner. Uh, Wegner? Before Wegner. We, uh...
0: Arsene Wegner.
1: We... <laughs> Sorry, Arsene Wegner before. There we go. We got it the second time around. I don't think you did. Arsene Wenger. Oh, uh, Whatever. All right. I was rattled. Arsene Wenger. <laughs> uh, you're right. Anyway, old mate Arsene, before he took over at Arsenal, he was with uh, Nagoya Grampus Eight who play in the J-League as well. So, he went straight from the J-League to Arsenal. So, hopefully, and he was there for uh, just a little while and won just a few major trophies. So, hopefully, Ange can do something similar, I reckon. I would agree with that. Um... Another big one that I think
0: we both liked, really happy to see the broadcast deal extended from Paramount Plus for the A-League and W-League onto the Matildas and Socceroos and Asian Cup and FFA Cup. It looked like for a hot minute there that we were going to have almost potentially four subscription services to watch football in Australia, Mm -hmm. and it now looks like you can probably get away with being a football fan in Australia by just having Paramount Plus at $10 a month and Optus Sport. So that's really, really good news. Um, I'm really excited as well for some people are critical of it, including marketing as Contra. I actually think it's really good. For too long, football has just been for football supporters, and I don't think we need to convert a lot of people, but I think if if you hear the things that they're talking about, putting like Archie Thompson on Celebrity MasterChef, some of that stuff just can't hurt in terms of getting football out of just its own little bubble and starting to get a little bit of outside attention because i think that'll be the thing that long term brings in a little bit more revenue a little bit more money and hopefully a little bit more quality football across all of the divisions in australia brand your thoughts
1: i think it's exciting i think uh one thing that sort of gets lost with fox in recent years is they overall have been fantastic for the league uh they really sort of built it up to get it to where it is. They drove a lot of that early expansion and money and marquee players and stuff like that. So Fox have been great, but yeah. you know, the past couple of years we've seen that their time has come to an end, you know, they've sort of fallen away in the quality and, uh, it's become less of a priority. So I'm just really excited to have someone doing the broadcast rights who genuinely wants them like 10 and panning mm. have gone out. They've spent a lot of money to get them, uh, from the sound of things. They have a lot of great ideas, uh, of things that they want to do to promote the game uh, and everything like that. So I think it's great to have that excitement factor and that willingness uh, to grow, to want to grow the sport. So I think that is going to be fantastic moving forward. And yeah, as you said, just happy that we'll have, you know, one home for football. It's already tricky with, you know, the premier league and champions league on one and, uh you know KO for the Scottish Premier League that we all have to watch now now that Andrew's at Celtic and stuff like that. So it'll be nice to have all of Australian football in one spot. I'm I'm happy with that, mate. Yeah,
0: really happy with that. Bran, you got a couple of other ones. Let's bring this one home.
1: Yeah, uh no fans in uh the NPL games this weekend. That was a bit 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 sucky. It was at the Avenel game, as you said, just bizarre. It was so weird. Like even at an NPL game, like it just felt Stale. It was yeah. It was mm-hmm. odd. It was it was not great. There was some to watch their team. The Avonell game. Don't know who was supporting, but he climbed a tree and was looking over the fence to watch the game. Uh, there was also a bunch of Dandenong Thunder fans on the other side of the fence. Uh, near the road behind one of the goals they had flags and banners and stuff that they'd hung on over the fence so they technically weren't in the stadium but still got to watch the game so that was good to see you know good to see that uh people are so passionate about the MPl that they will go to creative. Measures to still get to watch the games, which is fantastic. I like that. Uh, the other thing we we uh, spoke about the Euros very briefly, but Schick's goal for the Czech Republic against Scotland from halfway that was absolutely insane. I I, I think I saw someone on Twitter say it's the longest ever goal scored in like the last twenty years or something like that. So. Yep, turn and burn. Unlucky Scotland, but an absolute banger. You've got one more thing well, that you like, I also mate. just want it?
0: to touch on that shit goal. Right, I, didn't, I didn't know that this was a metric that I really valued, but I've now realized that for it to be an excellent goal, you can compare the speed of the ball hitting the back of the net versus the goalkeeper hitting the back of the net. And if the goalkeeper hits the back of the net faster <laughs> yeah. than the ball, it's a good goal. Um, and that was the shit goal. It was great. It was just really, really good to see him just absolutely cannon into the back of the goal. Um, And then on that as well, I think one thing that I've really appreciated from the Euros is crowd noises. Like no longer having piped in fake sort of delayed crowd noises, while they were good to make it feel a bit less like a training match, uh, it's been really, really good to have genuine reaction. The oohs, the ahs, a lot of the games in Turkey have had full stadiums. Mm. um, And it's just been really good to get that energy back into the sport because I think I've been pretty vocal about it. I've found it a bit hard to sort of love professional football in the last year or so. And I'm starting Mm. to realize that maybe it was just because it was starting to feel sterile because the crowd sounds were sterile. They were pre recorded, canned, press of a button kind of thing. So it's been really good to watch football with a a bit of crowd noise.
1: I totally agree. And, and the, the stadium that I really was really impressed with that I am now no longer impressed with was uh, Budapest because Hungary, I think they're the only country where they're allowing 100% capacity. And it was fantastic. Like C Red and Hungary have been doing pretty well as well. So their fans were up and about. And, you know, after the first couple of games, I was like, wow, that's amazing. That's great. And then the... It uh, mm-hmm. uh, turns out they're more. racist. Yeah. yeah and you're like, oh, great. Cool. So all these fans that I was really happy to uh, to see in here it turns yeah. out they're... Uh, That's not so good. So that is a good thing turned sour. But, mate, let's bring it home. Yeah, let's do it, mate. Let's take a look at the week ahead in the NPL Victoria, having a look at the men's fixtures. First up, on Friday night, we have five. Five Five-game Friday. Is there a way we can tie that in? Maybe. We'll workshop that. First game coming up on our Friday night football fiesta. That's it. There we go. Friday night football fiesta. Melbourne Knights will take on Avondale FC. Uh, We've got another tasty clash. Port Melbourne taking on Dandenong Thunder. Green Gully will face off against the Oakley Cannons. Bentley Greens will play Hume City. And then Dandy City will face off against Heidelberg United. On Saturday afternoon, Eastern Lions will face off against St. Albans. And lastly, on Saturday night... South Melbourne at home to Altona, mate. There are some absolute tasty games in there. Let's go through and do our tips. The Knights against Avondale. What are you? What are you thinking?
0: Uh that's a draw. That's definitely a draw.
1: Mm. Yeah, the Knights love playing Avondale. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Avondale are at home. Yep, thirteen games unbeaten as well. So they're doing pretty well. But yep, with you on a draw. Port Melbourne against Dandy Thunder. Oh.
0: I'm liking the Port Melbourne form at the moment. I know Dandy mm. Thunder we've said that they're exceeding expectations, they're impressing with performances, but Port Melbourne, that's three wins on the trot. If they can turn it into four, Hunky Dory. They are yeah, going.
1: And, and Port Melbourne undefeated in their last five as well. They are climbing up the table. I'm with you on that one. Oakley Cannons taking on Green Gully. I'm leaning towards the Cannons, mate. Green Galley haven't impressed me lately. Yeah,
0: yeah that's that's pretty clear. Uh, but also Oakley have been underachieving, so mm. That late winner is great for them, but let's see how they go. But yeah, I'd say Oakley for the win here.
1: Another two uh teams that'll be hard to split. Bentley Green's taking on Hume. I'm leaning towards Bentley.
0: I'm leaning towards a draw, but I quite like so far that we've Oh no, we did tip draw for Knights Avondale. Let's go Bentley. Let's go for That's let's right. go for points. Let's do it. We're gonna go for Bentley.
1: All right. Love it. Uh, surely we're taking Heidelberg to beat Dandy City. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised it took you that long on that one. Thought that was going to be a quick and easy one. <laughs> this one, this one, not so much. Eastern Lions against St. Albans. Right above each other on the table. Eleventh, first, twelfth. Take your
0: pick. I'm going to say I'm going to say Eastern Lions because St. Albans seems seem to be throwing points away. So. I think Eastern Lions.
1: Yep, we'll go with that. It's a tough one to split. Really, could see either team winning it. Of course, uh, yeah. can't see either team winning this last game though. South Melbourne against Altona. Altona are still yet with a uh, sorry yet to win a game. Uh, surely South, you, you know, we we called it before. We labelled it a slump. Surely this is the game that breaks that. Surely they get a win, mate. Fucking NPL, I'm calling this one a draw. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're Why a not? great
1: man. All right. All Good. right. Okay. Let's do it. Can't wait. I can already see the intro uh, next week. It's either going to be Will turns into NPL genius, or it's going to be Will costs us a tip with a Fucking stupid prediction. So Will way.
0: turns. Will turns into NPL genius. Son, been a genius for about two and a half That's years it. now. Sorry,
1: I'm so distraught. Okay. NPL yeah, Brian, you take us as through as the MPLW.
0: Well. You do it. You take yeah, us through yes. the MPLW fixes, mate.
1: Sorry, mate. Didn't mean to cut you off there. But, yes, MPLW. big game. Calder United taking on the Bulleen Lions on Saturday afternoon. That is a 2019 grand final rematch. Uh, also on Saturday afternoon, we have Alamein taking on FV Emerging, as well as Bayside United taking on Heidelberg United. And, lastly, South Melbourne taking on the triangle so all four games on saturday afternoon that'll be good uh we will talk as well later on about uh, sorry later on next week about the balleen alamein game as well which is currently underway as we speak but mate that's about it and that's about an hour too
0: that's our first podcast done since are we locked down four now can't remember what number we're in
1: yeah, that was our fourth. Lockdown 4, yeah.
0: Great, we should just start doing lockdown podcast.
1: <laughs> no, we shouldn't. <laughs> match, day, match day 14, ver- lockdown version 4 <laughs> or Version whatever. 4, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, like it a lot. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm at Chambershire on Instagram. Branson, you're at Branson Gibson on Twitter. Uh, you right. can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Potty. Uh Let us know what games you're going to. If, indeed, crowds are allowed for this weekend, who bloody knows? Uh, as always keep enjoying the beautiful game in Victoria, keep being semi-professional and thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Semi-Pro Potty